Hey everyone, this is a Faithfully Radical podcast where we're going to teach and equip families on the authority of God's Word. Let's get to it. Hey everyone, thanks for being back here with us. This is Timothy Carey, uh, the founder of Faithfully Radical Ministries, and today we're sitting down with our board of directors. Uh, We have my lovely wife, Jessica, our treasurer, Chris Wainer, and our secretary, Jeff Merrill. Um, so we're just kind of going to get into uh, talking about how we started on our journeys with Christ and talk about how Faithfully Radical got started and just kind of give you guys a little peek into us as people. Um, I'll go ahead and start this time. Um, I was saved in, uh, actually at a family camp. Um, it was a summer family camp that when my wife and I were dating called Catalina Island. And um, up until that point, I'd really mostly considered myself an atheist and was kind of really into that. Um, But there was something about the people there and the speakers there and especially my wife and her family who really were kind of showing me this Christ I had never known or heard of before. Um, It wasn't this legalistic... um, kind of judgy, follow these rules, Christ, it was a loving, caring relationship, Christ. Um, so that's really where everything got started. I went there a little bit cynical and um, a little bit wondering what it was going to be like and about. And on the trip, you know, I found myself praying and um, journaling to God and, and about God. And it really just started sparking an interest in me. Um, and that was in 2013, by the way. Um, so, you know, we're coming up on uh, six years ago. Uh, I was really saved. And that kind of really began the journey, you know, um, figuring out my relationship with Christ, as many do, and um, working out what that means in my life. Where is God guiding me, and what was he going to use me for from that point on? Um, so let's get everyone in the mix here. Let's uh, switch over to my wife, Jessica. Hello, like he said, I'm Jessica, and I was raised in a very strong Christian home by incredible parents, and I, um, for those of you raised in the church or know people who were, I went through a fairly um, uh, common story that you hear as far as getting saved young and feeling like you really knew Christ. The first time I, I really remember asking Christ into my life was when I was five and at home with my parents and kind of would ride the the camp highs through junior high and high school and, um, you know, knowing all the answers, being raised in church, but going through periods of doubt and struggle and not knowing if my faith was my own or if it was my parents. And as I got older, I traveled and did mission trips um, internationally and really had a heart for people who were sick and hurting and lost and broken and everywhere from Germany to Singapore to India and getting to see all of these people who really needed just practical help. And um, I chose then to kind of walk away from my faith a little bit. Um, And it was a journey to come back. And I think even through dating Tim and the time that he spent with my family, getting to know us and and becoming reacquainted with Christ and giving his life 
to Christ in 2013, like he talked about, and getting to see that transition and change in his life over the past six years, and us getting married and having a family has really influenced my walk with Christ. And we're here now, and I feel like I've rekindled my walk and uh, feel kind of that on fire again that we don't want to ever let go of. That's me, and we're going to hear about Chris. Hey guys, Uh, as Tim and Jess said, my name's Chris. I'm currently the treasurer for Faithfully Radical, Um, and a little bit about me. So I had a rough start, per se, growing up. Um, I was raised Catholic, and (laughs) and, uh, went to Catholic school for 12 years, from kindergarten through uh, senior year of high school. Had a brief hiatus of public school for a semester, but then went back. Um, and in that in that tenure, specifically sophomore year and senior year of high school, the same priest on two separate occasions told my best friend and I that we were going to hell. So both of us, and I feel as though many of the students at that school, were very resentful and angry and bitter towards anything to do with Uh, our Lord and Christ and and the Holy Spirit. So a lot of people were just kind of harbored that, I think, as they continued on. And so all through college, it was kind of the same way. Never really attended church or or anything like that. Didn't really want anything to do with church. Um, And then sophomore year of college, my now wife and I met, and that's what ultimately ended up saving me. So Later on, uh, in senior year of college, it had come to light that my parents, mainly my father, was having an affair for the last, I'm not sure how long, several years. And at that point in my life, I hit the lowest, the lowest low, and eventually it ended up, in 2014, my parents ended up getting a divorce formally. But in 2010 was kind of my changing, my turning point, per se. It was about this time in in 2010 and I hit my lowest lowest of the low in my life and there was nothing else holding me up and in the meantime my wife and I were were still dating but I kept pushing her further and further away which caused her her and I to to break up and kind of go our separate ways for a while we still talked intermittently but we graduated college that uh that June excuse me May and then ended up moving back to the northwest Indiana area where we were both originally from. And again, like I said, we had talked on and off and here and there, but I specifically remember a moment where we were still at Purdue University where we attended college, and my wife was on the RA staff there, and one of her fellow RAs, who was also a believer, told told her that her and I should watch this movie called Fireproof. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of it. And so we watched it, and I'll never forget, that was my that was my moment of God breaking me down and calling me to Him. Because, I, as I mentioned, I was at the lowest low of my life. My parents' relationship was imploding. I lost the one person who I thought was my support system in life. But, as I said, that was not true. There was one person holding me up in that moment and that was Christ. And from that moment on, I I vowed to to live for him and I moved back 
after college, started looking for a church and ended up uh, actually in the church where we all attend now, where my wife's family has been going for the last 15 years. And it's been a it's been an awesome journey since 2010, and, and I've seen God working in some incredible ways. Um, but that's about it for me. And now Jeff Merrill's going to give his testimony. Oh, hey guys. So, uh, unlike most of the other people around this table, uh, I, I was raised Lutheran, and we were the typical uh, Easter, Christmas, uh, maybe two other times a year. And even when we went, I can remember uh, sitting in the in the pews with a little pad of paper that my, my mom just gave me in a crayon, and I did, it wasn't even like you had to pay attention, just just go and draw and kind of go through the motions. And uh, then when I moved out, you know, I, I never really thought twice about it. And then uh, doing my own thing in 2010, uh, I was in a just life-changing accident. Uh, it was my, my, uh, well, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Well, yeah, it was my, uh, did you see him? I didn't see, see that's the thing. So, so, um, it's a good question. Yeah, that's, that's what I, so I have, because the, because of the accident, I was, I was hit on a motorcycle, um, I debilitated, like broke nearly every bone in my body. Um, I had skull fractures, I had brain injuries. Uh, I don't have good memory now. Uh, that's actually part of my brain that's that's been damaged. So uh, I can't even remember who we are, who these guys are <laughs> on this table, here. how I got here, <laughs> how did my pants go? Um, like I don't remember much before that day. Uh, I kind of remember that morning ironing my shirt, and that's about it. I remember waking up in the hospital because uh, I had a morphine drip, and I remember there was a little purple button that was by my head, and that's that's about it. Um, but something, something changed me. Um, I, I, I don't know what I saw while, while I was on my deathbed. Um, but it was enough to make me start really researching Christianity, um, and, and just religion church. So I started the engineering me, I started just doing, doing like theology, like research. I wasn't ready to commit yet. I was like, well, okay. This is there's something going on. I'm I'm diving deeper, uh, and then I ended up in a, a really terrible relationship. And my one of my good friends, my boss now, said, "Hey, you know what? Why don't you pray about it?" And I thought, "You can you can pray to God about things like that, like a bad relationship." You know, this was kind of all eye opening. And, and he's like, "Oh yeah, man." So uh, he invites me to the, the his church, which is the same church we all attend to now, and just mind blown. As soon as I walked in. Um, like I knew I'd found my home and like what I'd been missing my entire life, that, that relationship with Christ, not the, the legalistic, you know, go to church father roles. He was like, he was a, he was a guy you could talk to, um, like anyone else and just come through with your problems. And that just totally turned my life upside down and, and pushed me forward. Um, started serving in the church uh, got me to children's ministry. Now I'm I'm there, you know, every other month month just uh, talking to the kids, trying to get them to just love Jesus with reckless abandon too. And um, it's it's just it's 
awesome how the Lord works. You know, I, I wish I didn't almost have to die for him to, to do it. It was like I turned the corner and he slapped me in the face. It's like, what, what <laughs> I'll is get it, your attention. Yeah, what, is it, what does it take to get you to follow me? Out. You know, I've been trying. and and it, so At least you know. some people question, and you were actually like, okay, no, he got me. You know? he, yeah, <laughs> he got me. He got me. No, so, and I'm, I'm forever thankful. Um, but that's, that's kind of how uh, I ended up in, the, in uh, this journey, this abridged journey. So we kind of wanted this to be getting to know all of us, to to see that God brings people together from all different walks and uh, journeys and reasons that we ended up here from atheist to accident to family struggles to uh, God calling us back to himself. And part of what brought this ministry together um, after... My husband, Tim, was saved, like he said, and kind of started reading and uh, researching and studying and learning more about uh, the Christ that has saved us. He started feeling this call towards serving people and the meeting the needs where where people are. And we had talked a little bit about uh, what we can do and talked a little bit about this ministry, which started, I think he's referenced, started as a blog and him wanting to to teach and to, and to serve in that way. And then last year, uh, the church that we all attend uh, brought these three gentlemen, along with six others from our church, together on a mission trip to South Africa. So that's where all of, uh, that's where Tim, Jeff, and Chris met for the first time. And uh, they just want to share a little bit about how they met and what specifically called each one of them kind of together and towards starting Faithfully Radical and the call on on our lives that was placed there by God and that started in another country. That's for sure. First time meeting. There's nothing like meeting someone and then hopping on a plane for 20 hours and getting to know them. (laughs) How else are you supposed to get to know someone? Sit on a plane with them for 22 hours straight. (laughs) 22 hours of, of uh, actually, if we consider the drive to the airport, we're probably looking at 24 hours so, yeah. of total of total uh, travel time. Well, and we left at evening, but arrived in Amsterdam in the morning, right? And then we ended up in South Africa. Same time zone, 11 hours later. Yeah, yeah. back at night. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And we were just talking about that, the trip over, you know, and just kind of none of us knowing each other. We all got to sit by each other on the plane, which was actually... So the only... Sorry to interject there. The only people that really knew each other going into it, I'd say, was... So my father-in-law was the one who led the trip because he is on the... Oh, that's your father-in-law. Yeah, (laughs) it sure is. (laughs) Uh, He's on the international uh, global outreach team at our, our church that we attend. And so when he originally... Or when I had heard he was leading the trip, and he made you go. <laughs> no, it didn't make me go. Shocking but, at the door. But it, it, was, it was something that I had always uh, wanted to do was serve serve Christ globally. Um, why I I don't know. I just felt God calling me that, calling me to that for since I became a believer, really, and since I started attending our church. And with the previous position I had in my company, I was very uh, regimented to the monthly calendar. So oftentimes I couldn't get away at that point in the month. 
So I took a new position not long before this trip started. And when my father-in-law told me that he was leading this trip, I got this new position. I said to myself, and I prayed about it, and I'm, I'm saying, God, you're, you're telling me something here. You're saying, go do this. Go serve me, even though it might be just for a brief 10 days, but go serve me in South Africa for that time. That was going to be my question, was how you guys each ended up on the trip. So that's how Chris ended up. Jeff, how'd you end up oh, on the trip? Oh, man. So um, my, my background through the years, I, I worked for designing automotive equipment, automated equipment for automotive industry. So I traveled all around the world going to automotive plants, and that's someplace I had never been. So it was always like not necessarily a missionary trip, but I was always like, oh, I need to go to, I need to, go to Africa sometime. And so when... Calvary had the the meetings for the the mission trips. I I went in with full expectations. I said I'm going to the going to Kenya, you know, and I walked in and like at the time I didn't know what it was. I know now it was like I say it was God slapped me in the face. I walked by the South Africa table and there's one lone kid sitting there who you know like I said he didn't even end up going on the trip. Yeah, and I was just drawn to this table. And I sat down. I didn't even know what we were going to do. It was like, okay, we, we're getting some guys, and we're going to do some light construction. And I was like... <laughs> yeah, that was a joke. That was yeah, the, was yeah. a that was and, joke to us. <laughs> and I just, I, like, I just felt, it was like, oh, I need, to, I need to be here. And then it went, that like selfishness just totally disappeared, and I was just pulled in. Um, I feel terrible. I don't remember you being at the table. I had a much much worse beard than I do now. <laughs> worse? <Wow. laughs> um, no, Tim, what, camera. Tim, what yeah. made you decide to go on the South Africa trip? Um, you know, we had just moved back to like Northwest Indiana and just gotten connected uh, at our church. But I'd only the only time I'd even been out of the country was for our honeymoon. Right. Before that, we went to Ireland, but that was it. And especially. Uh, I was really starting to feel the call to serve and be in ministry at that point. So, I honestly, when I sat down, I thought, this is never going to happen. You know, like, there's no way I'm going to fund this. Like, none of it's going to work out. But I'll sit down and see what's going on and just take each step as it comes, you know. And, and I even reached out to the church. I was like, I'm probably not going to be able to pay for this. Like, what am I really on the hook for? You know, but by God's grace, I got the, the whole thing funded and, um, yeah. Went with a bunch of eight other guys that I didn't know to live with them in a in a in a house for ten days. <laughs> there was two bedrooms, <laughs> so I got to sleep under Jeff. It's like a frat house all <laughs> over again. It was like a frat house all over. Well, especially since they're they're connected to the state, so there was also Purdue stuff everywhere. So it really felt boiler up. Boiler up. Okay, okay. Guys, that's <laughs> we're for, for got two Purdue grads on this staff, so, <laughs> so which we forgive them. Yeah. <laughs> So we're looking for replacements. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's so it's so crazy how we all from different just walks of life. Like you knew you want to serve. I had no idea how far I wanted to go. At that time, yeah, I was I think I was just ushering. I don't even know how far in a children's ministry I was at that point. But it wasn't until I like when we got there and it was just like boom, especially Noah's yeah. Ark. That was oh, like the yeah. like a brick, like bawling, and you know, and these kids, and it's there's like, some good pictures is... of that on our blog of 
uh, South Africa 2018 of him at a preschool just dancing in a circle with these kids, you know, that just kind of fall, you can't help but fall in love with. Oh, 100%. That's a life-changing moment. Kind of going what off what Tim said. So I had I had gone into this trip to kind of kind of the same boat where Tim said like oh I don't know if I'm, how I'm going to fund this like am I just going to pay for it myself or what and so the first thing you know you think about like when you're trying to raise funds for something like this you go to your your parents right because it's like you know it's your parents and so <laughs> well some people do. <laughs> Well, that was my first yeah. instinct. Let me let me start there. Or you. my so yeah, I'm on your plate. I I didn't. There was no going to my. Parents. So so I uh, I talked to my my parents. As I mentioned, they're they're now divorced, but uh, and as far as I know, they don't really speak. But um, so I I talked to each one of my parents so like face to face and tell them like, hey, I, I really feel moved and called to to do this to serve God in this way, and. My father, in particular, was extremely hesitant about it. Like he, he raised the red flag in in an instant, and he was saying, "Like, oh well, why are they sending nine guys from Northwest Indiana to go halfway around the world to do these projects when they could hire people locally?" Blah blah. blah. And I, I talked to him. and I said, "You know, it's 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 not just about that. It's not just about going to do this work. It's about witnessing and and." building these people up that are from all around the world serving Christ in, in this way of with these children that are orphaned and abandoned and and teaching them and showing them what a family is like and ultimately what our Heavenly Father is like. Showing them and there's people halfway around the world that love them. Right. That are paying Absolutely. attention to what's so, going on. So uh, at that point in time when I talked to my dad about that, it was think it was about actually this time last year in 2018 because we went on this trip in april of 2018 and so i i talked to him and then my dad was like he's like oh i have to go on a work trip to italy i'll be gone for a week but he's like you know i want to talk to you about this after i get back like okay that's fine no big deal so he actually sends me a text when he's in italy and says hey i've really been thinking about it and i want to give you money for your mission trip and I said oh that's great I was like so when you get back we'll figure it out whatever you know no big deal so like a week after he gets back he says hey can I stop by to see at that point in time we only had our oldest son Oliver and he's like can I come see you guys and see Oliver and I was like yeah that's fine and he the first thing he walks in and he gives me an envelope and I was like oh what's this and he said oh this is the money for your trip I said oh cool thanks so I just set it down, and he was there for about an hour or two, and we were just all kind of hanging out, and he was playing with Oliver, and uh, he goes to leave, and then after we put Oliver down for bed, I open the envelope, and it's $500 in cash, which is over a quarter of the amount needed for the fundraiser. So if that's not God changing a heart, I don't know what is. Yeah. But that was that was huge. Yeah, especially you know not not a bad way, but knowing you know your dad Absolutely. being hesitant, yes, and coming most at certainly. It that yeah, that's yeah. that's amazing. That is awesome. My uh, my parents didn't give me a dime. Really, they were I mean, so I mean, yeah, they were get a dime. so yeah. against me going. Um, but through just friends, uh, very generous friends, I'm very fortunate to have that um, co-workers that really believed believed in me and this mission. That's 
totally funded by by friends and coworkers. Uh, not not one family. Sorry, family. They <laughs> plus, but uh, love you guys. Um, no, yeah, thanks for the yeah, support. Yeah, just so no, yeah. For those of you, <laughs> those of you who are who are listening, who you know, you know who you are. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. thank you. And you have the Christmas card. It's all right. Yeah, we were just talking before this, you know, about some great stories and about me texting my wife on the flight down that I'm like sitting next to Jeff, who I didn't know, and I'm sitting there texting my wife. I'm like, so. These guys are just going to think I'm crazy anyway because I'm sitting here crying, watching The Greatest Showman, drinking white wine. In the dark. In the dark, dark. on our way to Amsterdam, like in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh. Which I think is admirable and should be lauded as a a very strong trait that he can, you know, feel comfortable to do that, but not everybody feels the same way. There's a better... uh, Spin on that whole story too that Jeff can probably share. So yeah, because of my because of my accident, uh, it's left me blind, 100 percent blind in my left eye, and so Tim sat on my left side. So the whole time, I had no idea what he was doing. I was like, he didn't even know there was another seat. This, this, this guy next to me was watching movies and was cool to talk to. And every now and then, he turned to talk to him. I had no idea what he. Was. I was like, oh, you were drinking wine. This is all new to me. Just 20 minutes ago. Like, oh my god, that's hilarious. I think all of those parts, anybody who's gone on a mission trip or been party to helping others go on a mission trip, have all of those stories that God shows up in finances, in friends, in, uh, you know, losing passports or tickets or, you know, schedules being changed or host families not being there and, and all of these, or projects, you know, tripling, quadrupling, you guys, you know, thinking you're going to do one and you do six, that God shows up. I didn't to even meet. know it was a construction trip. You knew that it was yeah, construction you kept. You knew that there was light I, construction. I knew there was light construction, like, getting into it. But, like, when I sat down at the table, I was like, oh, we're going to an orphanage. Like, I like children. You know, like... <laughs> I can help great. there. And then they're like, you're going to build all the things. And we built all the things. <laughs> we did. We did. Well, and what? Our first day, we go to Joan's house. It's like, we wake up and go there, and it's like... Oh, and we move. go shovel My, gravel. Yeah, we were, we were all up for probably the better part of 24 hours. And at least, <laughs> at least, and uh, yeah, they say you get. We got maybe what five hours of sleep, maybe. Oh, maybe. I don't yeah. think I went to bed until like one a.m. I think the, I woke up at like six. We didn't but, even get to the team house until almost midnight. Yeah, so I think, yeah, like we said, five, maybe six hours of sleep if you're lucky. And they say, oh yeah, we're gonna hang out in the morning, uh, and then we'll uh, go uh, move all this rubble from this house that was just built. Oh, sweet. Great. Thanks, guys. Yeah. You know what, though? That that was, like, the first like time to see in South Africa. Oh, so, yeah. like, coming from the airport to the team center, it's Couldn't like, see anything. It was dark. Yeah, and you were on the highway. Well, yeah, you were on the highway that looked normal. Yeah, like, going to Johannesburg. It was right. all, like, nice. And then it was, it like... like going, driving to, driving yeah. to like, O'Hare midway. Yeah. You know, and like, then you head over, and it was, like, you got to see the shanty towns. And it hit it you like, like a brick, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's... Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I can say... Uh, I was incredibly moved to get involved with this ministry from just talking with Tim and everything throughout the the flight and the trip and, and everything else on the way back. And I really felt God just stirring my heart towards it because, so a little more background. So my, uh, as I said, my father-in-law led this trip. Him and my mother-in-law fostered almost 40 infants over the years, and they are no longer foster parents. But my wife... 40 was enough, huh? <laughs> 40 was enough, I guess. But my wife 
um, and her half-biological brother and their youngest sister, who's of no biological relation, were all adopted by my in-laws as well. So knowing my wife's story of how she was saved by them and ultimately by Christ, leading, leading to her parents, and just knowing her backstory and everything she went through from, from abuse from her biological family to the many foster homes that she was in and out of to finally getting in foster care with her parents and and them just feeling moved by Christ to adopt her and knowing her story of progression of how she was saved and and everything it, that that's ultimately what led me to go on this trip which led to Tim and I talking and said guys there's a there's a need in our local community to mm-hmm. to serve the homeless and the least of these, yeah. you know, these kids, my wife was one of these kids yeah. that, that needed a voice, you know, in the, in this local area. And that's the thing, you know, a lot of people don't think about it, but it's, that need is incredible. Like it's, it's not needed just abroad, but also in our local community, right in our back door, yep. our town of 30 to 40,000 people, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we're not in like a lot, like a large area by any means, you know. But it's so you almost think like it doesn't, it doesn't exist here, you know. Like that's not, you know, that's a big city, whatever problem or something like that. But then you realize, oh my word, you know, there's actually 280 cases, you know, of foster or children in need, you know, in our community, and there's this, you know, homeless problem, them being pushed out of town and. Um, it, it really makes you think, you know, like what what can we do? Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what brought like you saying when we were on you know we're on the plane and, and saying, well, we should. There's no reason we can't do this back home, mm-hmm. and like I had no idea there was a uh, we had homeless here in Valparaiso, like and it was this was like eye opening, and you know we we went had a beer, we walked around town, and you showed me, and I was like, holy cow, yeah, you know it's. And and with the kid, I don't I don't care where you are. It's like how can you just not just love on a kid? I don't get like I just the most I vulnerable. Don't Absolutely, get how you just can abandon a child or abuse her. Like it makes no sense to me. Um, I just like I love my kids to death. I couldn't I I couldn't imagine. Yeah. And so it's heartbreaking knowing that. And that was one of the most amazing parts for me about our trip to South Africa was. Yeah, we got to do the work. And then, yeah, we got to hang out and do stuff with the kids. That was awesome. But then learning, you know, because they actually worked with us and showed us, like, okay, these are the steps for foster orphan care. You know, these are the levels you can fit in at because you don't have to just adopt children or foster children. There's multiple ways to get involved, you know. And that's when I came back and I became a CASA here, a court-appointed special (laughs) advocate. And try to get more involved in those in those ways. Which speaking of, do you have a do we have the funnel on the webpage? Not on the webpage, but I think we can get it up there. Yes, right. from KFO. I mean, yeah, from the Christian Alliance for Orphans, um, which is a <laughs> Christian nonprofit global group, um, and they have we have literature from them. Um, what's called the Orphan Funnel and the different ways you can be in. Uh, it was smallest level was obviously adoption. Um, straight adoption, and then it broadened out to casas, and yeah. there's a couple other things. Yeah. See, I think that's a kind of an eye opening for anyone listening. That like before before our trip, that's I literally thought 
that was your only option. Yep, you like adopt. straight you adoption. You get, yeah, but that was it was black and white. So, so shout, I'll put a link. shout out to uh, Andrew Dodd. Andrew Dodd at, at uh, Bethesda Outreach for sharing that with us. Yeah, he yeah. shared a lot. He, he was, did. He, he did was a really great um, guide on that trip. You know, and neighbor and neighbor. Yeah, yep. we got to live next. His house was connected to the team house. So and that was great, though. Him and his wife and his his lovely yeah. daughters would come over Emma every morning. Every morning, yeah. Um, yeah. he'd go out for his runs. I'd tell him, "You're crazy." <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'd be out there running with him. So yeah. you weren't. You weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, You're a liar. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess that's true. <laughs> but yeah, we'll put um we'll put the orphan funnel in the show notes. I think that'll be good. It's a good resource to check out. Because that's what got... Yeah, I didn't even know that Casas were a thing. We'll do that. Shout out to Casas also. Oh, yeah. Um, definitely, they are in every local community. Um, you get to be a voice for, for kids, children in need in your community. And it, it's not a lot of time. It's not a lot of effort, but you actually make a difference. So check out your local Casa agency. And uh, if you're here in Valpo or in Porter County, Porter County Casa... Check it out at the Family and Youth Services Bureau. We definitely, we definitely need people. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of cases. You know, yeah, and that's kind of one of the things that we were talking about as far as you know the last episode where Tim was introducing things and that our first ministry as Christians is in our home and to our families, whether that's parents, siblings, spouses, children, uh, any extended family, roommates. That that's our first ministry is reaching out to them and just outside of that is outside our front doors it's the communities we live in it's our neighbors it's our church families it's our our direct neighbors it's the people we run into at work in our places of business on our commutes uh, when we're dining and then yeah walking around and seeing the the very real needs as far as homeless and orphans and foster kids or kids that are just in a home that they need a little extra love. They need a voice. They need someone to, to speak for them and encourage them where they're at. And that's part of, that's a big part of what brought these guys together going to South Africa to begin with, whether they knew it or not, but that was God's plan. And then brought them together even coming back and lighting this fire in everybody to establish this, to be, you know, that encouragement to all of you, all of our friends and our family, and getting to do this part of life together, this part of ministry together, this being a community, um, interested in encouraging our brothers and sisters in Christ, encouraging the people in our community who need us, and having those who can partner with us and do what we want to do and put put that outreach in arm's reach. Yes. I agree. <laughs> no, yeah, totally. I mean, that's that's our whole thing, you know, putting outreach within arm's reach, sharing the love of Christ through outreach and fellowship, and um, kind of doing all of life with all of your fellow man, you know, not the ones who are clean and uh, make it easy on you, but the ones who are messy, who need your support, who need your help, who need you to be that servant leader in their life, or even just that servant in your in their life. You know, as Christ taught us to be. Because Christ doesn't seek after just the perfect, right? Look Christ at look at the three of us, these, yeah, these like three the, uh, gentlemen sitting at this table. We're like yeah. the uh, island of misfit. We were toys like the yeah, we were like the three stooges here, and look, God uh, 
God called us. Four stooges. I was going to say, <laughs> four he's stooges. just being nice because he feels like he doesn't know me quite well. Enough <laughs> to We're just me, respectful to women. To yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll rope you in with us knuckleheads. I appreciate that's, that, Joe. We're all knuckleheads, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's the key. We're all knuckleheads. We're all trying to do life together. And that's the whole point of all of this. So that was a little bit about us for uh, any everybody listening, getting to know who we are, that we're four regular people uh, trying to serve God as best we can. Uh, and our director of children's outreach, Jennifer Bocamp. Bocamp. <laughs> Sorry. Who couldn't be with us this evening? Well, we, we, this was a leadership oh, fair podcast. Not she's great, and she leads our direct, she leads our children's outreach, which is incredible. She's done absolutely she, yeah, Jenna is the best amazing. work of anyone that anyone could do. You know, and we'll get an episode with her on kind of what she's working on and thoughts, and if she wants to absolutely, if she f- wants to jump in on on this side of things, she's going to listen to this and just kill us, probably, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if we're not here next week, you know where to find. Yeah, us. you know you know why you know Jennifer Beacom. <laughs> I forget. Oh, you're the worst boy. And yeah, and I've got a I've got a board meeting with her in a couple weeks, so then I've got to be the one that's <laughs> break the news of the podcast. Oh, Tim needs her last name spelled out spelled out phonetically. phonetically yeah. I don't need it spelled out it, like we ha- we, right. have we have a friend with the same whose last, last name, name is spelled exactly the same, but, but it's, it's Bochamp. It's pronounced I differently. I knew it, and I had a friend with the same last name, and he pronounced it Beecham. See, so it's I just don't know when it's spelled that way. I can't keep it straight. So phonetics. There we go. That's a great tangent to end on. <laughs> um, you guys have anything you want to say? Uh, Thanks, everybody, yeah, for thank you, thank you. listening to our spiel, spiel about spiel. how, like we said, God, God brought this group of misfits together to serve him. And yeah. like always, if you have thoughts, comments, ideas, other things you want to know, learn about, encourage... We will be praying for all of you if you can pray for all of us. And shameless plug, uh, if you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe and uh, Boom. Look at you, hit man. the like button. And uh, the more uh, the more subscriptions you get, the, the higher we get on the list, so more people can be reached by our message. So we thank you guys for that. Thanks, guys. We love you. We'll pray for you. Pray for us. Pray for us. Thanks, guys.